You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? It is Wednesday, September 25th, 2019. This is Locked On Phillies. I'm Tim Kelly. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bombas. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. With every pair purchased, a pair is donated. Go to bombas.com slash locked to get 20% off your first purchase. So the Phillies did lose game one of a doubleheader yesterday, which eliminated them altogether from wild card contention and extended their postseason drought to eight seasons now. And immediately after the game, mind you, the Phillies had a second game last night. Gabe Kapler was asked about his future as the Phillies manager, uh, and he said this to the collective media, including Matt Gelber, the athletic. He said, we have games left to play. Like I said, there's going to be plenty of time to reflect. I love this organization. I love this team specifically. I love working for this front office. I love working for this ownership group. And look, I'm going to manage this club as long as I can because I think I give us a great opportunity to win and I think because I care deeply about the success of this franchise. Now the part about the front office is interesting because there was the Bob Nightingale of USA Today report earlier this, uh, I guess not this summer anymore, it's late September, but during the season that essentially stated that Kapler was beloved by executives in the organization and Matt Klintax essentially said that publicly and that executives in the organization believed he was safe. That though was of course before the Phillies made a change at hitting coach which seems to have been led by John Middleton. So let's go through this. The Phillies had what general manager Matt Klintek called an objectively great offseason ahead of 2019. They signed Bryce Harper's early spring training. That was after already having signed Andrew McCutcheon. It was after having signed David Robertson. They had acquired Gene Segura shortly before the winter meetings. They acquired JT Real Muto in a major trade, one of the biggest in the history of the franchise, a few weeks before they were able to ultimately sign Bryce Harper. 2019 was one of the most anticipated seasons in Phillies history. I don't think it was quite as anticipated as 2011, but certainly it was a a highly anticipated season, and it's going to end with the Phillies missing the postseason for an eighth consecutive season. And I was thinking about this yesterday. There are now kids approaching middle school age. Let's say they were you know, two or three in uh, 2011. They're approaching middle school age now or late elementary school age. And they have no recollection of the Phillies having made the postseason or the Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley's glory days. They have no recollection of the Phillies having had a winning record. And, you know, failing to snap a streak of six consecutive losing seasons as the Phillies kind of teeter right on uh, being just above 500, that would add insult to injury in that regard. But to me, much of the damage is already done. If 2019 isn't the most disappointing season in Phillies history, it's definitely in the discussion. And for my generation, certainly, I can't think of another season that's even close to as disappointing. And I wasn't someone that had the Phillies winning the NL East and going to the World Series. I was someone that thought the Phillies would win one of the two wild card spots. And they were in the race for the wild card technically until the final week of the season. But I don't think there was a point post-4th of July, certainly post-All-Star break, where it really felt like the Phillies were going to reach the postseason. Now, 
the disappointment of the season, it certainly doesn't fall exclusively on Gabe Kapler. And I, I would say it's not even close to exclusively on Gabe Kapler. Matt Klintak's decision to bet on Nick Pavetta, to bet on Zach Eflin, to bet on Vince Velasquez, heck, to bet on Jake Arrieta, that turned out to be a disaster. Uh, in terms of the bullpen, Hector Neris and Jose Alvarez are the only pieces left standing from the Phillies opening day bullpen. That's certainly not on Gabe Kapler because it's a health thing. And by and large, I don't think it's on Matt Klintak, although I think you can make the case that with guys like maybe not even David Robertson, but Tommy Hunter and Pat Neshek, who you signed to free agent contracts uh, uh, before last season, you may have just gone to the well one too many times with these veteran relievers as opposed to doing what a lot of other teams have done in developing your own guys uh, relief-wise. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, who served as a catalyst in the first two months. I think he would have had a chance to be an all-star if he didn't get injured. He tore his ACL in early June. That obviously, uh, that's not really anybody's fault. Odubel Herrera, who I, I think it's hard to remember a point in 2019 where Odubel Herrera was playing, but I saw a highlight of it last night. And he had a really slow start to this season. He had a really bad second half. I don't know what he is as a player at this point, but I know he was a starting center fielder on opening day. I know he was an all-star a few seasons ago, and I know when he gets hot, he's someone that's able to carry a lineup. So to go from having at least someone that has had success at the major league level to having him suspended for four-fifths of the season for domestic violence in late May, again, that's no one's fault in the organization, but it's certainly something you have to factor in when you talk about what Gabe Kapler's had to work with this year. And frankly, I think it's fair to wonder if the organization overvalued Reese Hoskins. He's hit under 200 since the All-Star break. And I know Jim Salisbury uh, hinted at a, a potential, the potential of the Phillies rather than trying to extend Reese Hoskins, which he said was something that seemed likely before the season. I know he hinted at the possibility of the Phillies looking at what's out there for Reese Hoskins. Uh, and that makes sense in some regard. You have Anthony Rendon as a potential free agent. Alec Bohm, who you're not sure at third is going to stay at third base. You could move him to first base. The DH should come in a few years. So it, it makes sense to keep your options open. But I look at Reese Hoskins and think well, he's a DH in the American League for sure. And he's a slightly, at best, a slightly below average fielder at first base. He hasn't hit power hitting first baseman or a dime a dozen. I don't know what people really think the Phillies are going to get for Matt, for Reese Hoskins, but I think they're going to be disappointed if they're banking and if the Phillies are banking this offseason on getting some sort of frontline starter for Reese Hoskins. I think your best move moving forward with Reese Hoskins is saying, correct some things this offseason, tweak the approach, and also noting that moving forward, you're going to do a lot of what the San Francisco Giants did with Buster Posey, which means you're going to move JT Real Muto to first base, and if that means Reese Hoskins gets a day off when you'd prefer him to be in the lineup, so be it, but you know, at this point, I think Reese Hoskins has gone from being someone you looked at as a cornerstone before the season to a guy that's probably still in the plans moving forward, but you're not going to count on nearly as much. That's certainly, again, not really Gabe Kapler's fault. Uh, there is something to be said, I think, for the fact that the Phillies, who have a negative 19 run differential, uh, or they did after the first game last night, they were still in some sort of postseason contention into September. I don't think that that's insignificant when having this discussion.
BlueChew.com is the sponsor of today's show. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Right now, we've got a special deal for Locked On Phillies listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. All the, and I don't even want to call them excuses for Gabe Kapler because those things are reality. There's that side of the argument. There's also the side that the Phillies are under 500 in September after completely folding in the final two months of the 2018 season. It's hard to look at this roster and point to any pieces that you can really look at and say, wow, the coaching staff really made these players better than they were before this year. JT Real Muto's had his best season, but JT Real Muto was an all-star prior to coming to Philadelphia. Bryce Harper's had a very nice season. Bryce Harper was on a Hall of Fame track before coming to Philadelphia. Beyond that, I mean, look around at this roster. Who has progressed? Scott Kingery's really the guy you looked at in the first half and say he's significantly better than he was a year ago. And he is because he was really a negative piece offensively in his rookie season, and he's gelled now offensively, or at least compared to last year. I think he's gotten a little bit more comfortable playing around the diamond, but for as good of a first half as he had, he had under 240 in the second half, or he's hitting under 240 in the second half. So what you thought was an overwhelmingly positive season for Scott Kingery is maybe just a positive season. And I don't know that 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 was kind of one of the things the coaching staff could have hung their hat on. Look, I think from the second that Gabe Kapler pulled Aaron Nola with just 68 pitches and uh, his first game as manager in Atlanta, game one of the 2018 season, Phillies bullpen ultimately collapsed. I think the Phillies have lost the public relations battle with much of the old guard on the buzzword analytics and on, on Gabe Kapler in general. And there's a legitimate discussion to be had about how to best implement analytics to what extent you use analytics and how they should be relied upon in game. And the decision to fire John Maley as hitting coach and replace him, not with just whoever, but Charlie Manuel, a move that Matt Gelb, the athletic, said John Middleton was instrumental in, that suggests that there's kind of been some debate, not that you bail on analytics, but that maybe you swing back a little bit in the other direction. And there's no proof... There's no indication that Charlie Mandel is going to prove to be anything more than interim hitting coach. I, I don't think there's really a, much of a chance at all he's going to be back on this coaching staff because I don't think he really wants to be back on this coaching staff. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with Chris Young, who a year ago he's the Phillies assistant pitching coach. And I will say this. There's been a lot of, oh, they shouldn't have let Rick Kranitz go. Rick Kranitz was the pitching coach when the Phillies pitchers were very good in the first half last year. He was also the Phillies pitching coach when the pitching collapsed in the second half of last year. And that can happen with young pitching. But to act like he was a godsend, I just don't think is very honest. That said, as much as I can say Chris Young just didn't have a lot to work with, there's no starting pitcher you can. I mean, I, I was trying to think of any pitcher in the organization that I can say, or the, in the major league level, it's taken a step forward. Ranger Suarez, maybe. 
But my God, if you told me before the season that Ranger Suarez as a reliever was going to be the guy that took the biggest step forward as a pitcher this season, not Zach Eflin, not Nick Pavetta, who started the second game of the season for you, not Vince Velasquez, who you've now dedicated close to half a decade with, that would have been troubling. And, you know, I, I think whether Kapler returns as manager or not, it, it's... It's difficult to imagine Chris Young being here. And again, I don't know to what extent he should be blamed for that as opposed to just saying there wasn't enough talent. But I think you get into this situation with the entire coaching staff where you say maybe there wasn't enough talent, but also how much better did they make the talent that they were provided as opposed to what another coaching staff would have done. Matt Klintak took over as a Phillies general manager in October of 2015. And... I think a lot of the reason that the season's going to fall one way or another on Gabe Kapler is because it's just not realistic, whether it should be or not, that Matt Klintak's not going to be here next year. I, I, I would be floored if Matt Klintak was let go as general manager. He was extended through 2022 in March, and that was never made public, which was weird because Matt Klintak maybe could have run for mayor at that time. Uh, Matt Gelb reported it four months later when things had kind of gotten a little bit more sour. And for as eager as John Middleton was to heap praise on Matt Klintak after the Phillies won the Bryce Harper sweepstakes in March, the performance of the Phillies pitching certainly hasn't reflected well on Matt Klintak. And right or wrong, the continued development of young talent in this organization or in this division with Juan Soto, with Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, you go down the list of young talents that other teams have developed. And it's not true that the Phillies haven't developed any, but Aaron Nola had a very nice season, not as good as last year. Reese Hoskins has taken a significant step back and you know, it wasn't like he was a finished product a season ago. Scott Kingery has taken a step forward, but I still feel like there's a lot more to get out of Scott Kingery. So you look around at some of the talent, the young talents that the Phillies have had, and it, it just it really doesn't look like they've developed in the same way that the rest of the d- division or the rest of the division, maybe save for the Marlins, has. And certainly, if a decision's made to move forward from Kapler, who would be a lame duck next year, that wouldn't be a good look for Matt Klintak because Matt Klintak led the search that ended up with Gabe Kapler as the manager. The one guy who's really the X factor here is Andy McPhail. Uh, in, in the same report where Gelb said that Klintak got the extension that the Phillies didn't announce, he also said McPhail got one at the end of the 2017 season that extended him through 2021 I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not sure there's too many people that know exactly what Andy McPhail does. I think there was some thought that when he was initially hired and put in place by John Middleton that he was going to serve the type of role that Andrew Friedman does in Los Angeles where there's a general manager, but he is the one leading the front office or Theo Epstein does in Chicago. And I don't think that that's the case. By all indications, Matt Klintak has been the one And Andy McPhail has been more on the building the organization in terms of stadium renovations and different things, which is important, but it's not 
really as much baseball ops related and that he's kind of been a sounding board, but he hired Matt Kluntzak and met, let Matt Kluntzak lead. But that's just my interpretation. And I don't think there's too many people, whether they cover this team, follow this team, whatever, that know exactly what the dynamic is of Andy McPhail. I know he's going to speak at the end of the season. Uh, I know he has been in organizations in the past that have had success at building talent, even if it took longer than initially anticipated. I don't know exactly what his role is here, whether he's tied to Matt Kluntak, uh, lots of different things with Andy McPhail. And really, there's lots about this organization that we're going to find out in the coming weeks because there's not an immediate indication about how the Phillies feel about Kapler moving forward. Uh, if he returned next year, it would be a lame duck year. Would the Phillies bring him back as a lame duck which would be a controversial decision to bring him back in itself. Would they bring him back next year with the it's the last year of his deal thing hanging over his head? Boy, that wouldn't seem smart to do, but I also know how an extension would be received for Gabe Kapler by a lot of people. And there's just there's a lot of decisions to be made. And the there is a very frustrated Phillies fan base and there's a very frustrated Phillies managing partner in John Middleton. This organization hasn't played in the postseason since the first term of the Obama presidency. Like it, it wasn't last week. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we're getting to the point now where there's kids that are, you know, not toddlers that haven't seen the Phillies make the playoffs, let, let alone have a winning season. My God, I mean they they haven't seen any sort of success that the Phillies have had. And that doesn't mean that the entire fan base believes Gabe Kapler deserves to fall for the Phillies' shortcomings in 2019. But I don't think it would be enough to just say, we're going to move on from Chris Young and we're going to have a new hitting coach and we're going to move forward that way. And I don't think there's any chance Matt Kluntak goes. And I, I think there are a lot of people that would say, just rebuild the entire organization, clean house in the front office, make a change in manager and the entire coaching staff. I don't think that's going to happen. And with Matt Kluntak having two additional years of contract security that Gabe Kapler doesn't have, I think you're left to draw your own conclusions about how this is going to pan out. The Phillies will play game four or five against the Nationals today. Drew Smiley will get the ball for what will maybe be his final start as a Philly. Uh, Johnny Heller, who is a rising star, does great work on Phillies Nation, is a great follow on Twitter if you're not already following uh, he made a really funny joke last week when the Phillies were in Cleveland. Uh, John, uh, Drew Smiley started on Friday. was not particularly effective in that start. hasn't been particularly effective in a lot of starts that he's made this season. But if you remember, shortly after his first start in Pittsburgh, Gabe Kapler made a statement that he kind of looks like Cliff Lee out here. And I actually think it's really stupid that people tried to say that, oh, Gabe Kapler's saying Drew Smiley's like Cliff Lee. It wasn't what he was saying. There are mannerisms that uh, Drew Smiley does that are like Cliff Lee. He also runs off the mound. I mean, there's different things that are Cliff Lee-like without his pitching repertoire being like Cliff Lee. At the same time, I mean, you had to... It's another smaller thing that just kind of speaks to a disconnect that I think Gabe Kapler was trying to endear himself with the fan base by saying that. And instead, I think a lot of people looked at it and were like, are you really saying that someone 
that, and especially people that didn't hear him say it, heard someone else describe it. Are you really saying that someone that was just released by another organization or waived, however the Phillies acquired him, uh, is like Cliff Lee, who had one of the best peaks of any Phillies pitcher of all time? And that wasn't what he was saying. Anyway, Johnny Heller made a funny joke about him saying, oh, uh, 10 years after the trade, it's great to see Cliff Lee make his return to Cleveland. So that was a long way of me probably describing a bad joke and... Uh, yeah, probably wasn't that funny the way I told it, but believe me, it, it was funny in uh, in real time. You can follow me on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports and read my work on Radio.com and Phillies Nation. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.